Hi, and welcome to a podcast from Hope Springs Church Coventry. For more, please find us on Facebook at Hope Springs Church or on Twitter, we're at Hope Springs Cobb. Thank you and enjoy. So we're going to start a series um, looking at the Lordship of Jesus. Um, I've no idea what the title of that's going to be, but we'll work that out later on. Um, I'm sure Luke can be inspired, creating some kind of title for it. Um, but before we do a turn to kind of intro or anything like that, I just want you to turn to uh, Philippians, he says, 3, verse 17. Philippians 3, verse 17. Philippians 3 verse 17 says this, Brethren, join in following my example and note those who walk as you have um, as for a pattern. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. In verse 20 is where we want us to focus, says this, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly await for the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it might be conformed to his glorious body according to the working, by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. And I could keep going, but I'm going to pause there, okay? This, that line I want us just to catch. For our citizenship is in heaven. For our citizenship is in heaven. I want you to take two minutes, and it will feel like a long time, but I want you to take two minutes. I want you just to, you can close your eyes if you want to. You don't have to close your eyes. Um, I want you just to meditate on that, that our citizenship is in heaven. And whatever that means, whatever you can kind of interpret that as, just think on that two minutes. And I, I really mean two minutes. We're not going to rush it. But think on, what does it mean that our citizenship is in heaven? Okay.
Okay. That was two minutes. I want. What do we think? Feed some stuff back. What What comes to your mind when you think of our citizenship being in heaven? What do we think? Being a
rule this yeah. earthly realm in the way that Paul talks about in that talks about that their mind are on earthly things and then contrast it to be your citizens of heaven and as you go through the gospels and go through the new testament listen to the jesus listen to paul listening to peter listen to all those guys there's this constant theme of reminding actually this is where you're from this is where you connect to now you're from a different place and therefore i just want to start this thing looking at that i suppose and just throw out some ideas some references and then perhaps build on what it looks like on some of those ideas you talked about and that we we can develop that thought process because there's a connection between all those things though that we belong somewhere therefore we have rights there we have resources there we have but at the same time we are submitting ourselves to that reign and I think sometimes we love the rights and the resources, don't we? We love the fact we've got a voice, love the fact we've got the things there. But sometimes we go, well, I'm under grace, therefore there's no law. Mm. Um, but actually Jesus himself said, well, there's greater commandments. And you look at the way Jesus challenged people, he, he shifted the expectation of the Ten Commandments, which I'm not suggesting we are under, but the Ten Commandments from um, not, not murdering somebody to not being angry at somebody. Jesus raised the expectation of a different kingdom it's easier to not murder somebody it's a lot harder to not have unforgiveness and anger towards somebody but Jesus is raising that and he said actually in, in this kingdom in this citizenship my expectation of you is higher than the one that you operate here um, now there's grace and, the, and there's ability to do that but it's, but it's higher and therefore just to think about it and to kind of actually okay we're part of this thing therefore his lordship is, is my lordship but that word becomes something that's abused sometimes the lordship of Jesus we get, people get scared about or obedience people get scared about because like oh but God loves me anyway he does but that doesn't mean he doesn't expect obedience mm-hmm. or just to follow a certain way of doing things so I just want to turn to John 18 again the, these are they make sense in my mind well hopefully they'll make sense to you today in terms of how these scriptures connect together um, but just as some thoughts kind of start us thinking about this and that for me is the main thing if you go away and I mean this in the, with the most love and care in the world if you go away irritated and frustrated and almost challenged then that will be a really good morning for me um, because I wanted I wanted to push what we think because I've found in the last few weeks and months it pushed what I think on things again in a way that I've not had for a long while not probably felt ever in that sense so John 18 and verse we'll start at verse 28 just to give a bit of context then they led Jesus this is when Jesus is going been arrested um, just about to go to the cross then they led Jesus from Caiaphas to the prematorium and it was early morning but they, but they themselves did not go into the prematorium lest they would be defiled but they uh, might eat the Passover but they, they might eat the Passover Pilate went, then went out to them and said what accusation do you bring against this man they answered and said to him if he were not an evildoer um, we would not have delivered him to you and then Pilate said to them you, you take him and judge him according to your law therefore the Jews said to him it is not lawful for us to put anyone to death that the saying of Jesus Jesus might fulfill which was spoken and signifying by what death he would die. Then Pilate entered the promontorium again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Are you speaking for yourself about, about this or did others tell you uh, this concerning me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Verse 36. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my, my servants would fight so that I would not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You rightly 
So you say right that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth, that everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, What is the truth? And when he said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. Now, this is the context of Jesus. Jesus has been trying, there's so much stuff in there that we could really go into, but we're not going to. We're going to be um, strict and self-controlled. Um, verse 36 says this, Jesus answering and said, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight. Now, I wanted to throw a thought out there. Jesus is recognising the fact, and we hear it's a wonderful verse, isn't it? It's kind of an inspirational verse, my kingdom's not of this world. But the interesting thing for me in there is, is the connection between because his kingdom's not of this world, his, his servants, his, his disciples, his followers, behave in a certain way. The angels behave in a certain way. There's a responsiveness, because his kingdom's not of that world, that therefore affects their conduct. Because he's saying, look, if my kingdom's of this world, if, if me, as a king, who's going to have a throne and, and, and rule in the way that Pilate, or the way that, that anyone does in that time, if I'm going to come and rule like that, then I'd have servants right now who come and free me from this situation. Because that, this situation would be a, a problem for that, for that rulership, because I'd be, I'd be about to die. But Jesus is saying, actually, no, because my kingdom's not of this world, their behaviour is different. Angels don't come and free me right now. My disciples don't come and break me out right now. The the followers of me don't don't come and do these things right now because my kingdom's not of this world. And therefore, in the same way, our citizenship, our kingdom, is not of this world. And therefore, that affects what we do. That we fight, but we don't fight in the context of seeing him freed in that situation there's a fight of our faith but it's not the same fight that we have to establish myself as the most influential person on the planet or, or to establish myself as the wealthiest or establish myself as the as whatever it may be or just or just to get to a point where i'm secure and okay that our fight isn't driven by that our conduct is different because our kingdom's not of this world and therefore it's a reflection for us how different is my conduct compared to the people whose conduct is based on this world? And not as a condemnation thing, but as a thought process. How different is my behaviour? How different is my attitude towards stuff? How different are my choices because my citizenship is in heaven? And if the honest answer is, I'm not actually that sure, then maybe it's not a thing of, going, oh my goodness me, I need to get saved or anything like that. That's not what I'm talking about. But it's going, okay... Why is that? Is it perhaps because I'm not aware or I'm not spending time thinking about that? Actually, my citizenship's from somewhere else. Because if my conduct is in line with wanting to fight to free him from this situation, or my conduct's in line with wanting to fight to get myself to a certain point, or to be respected in a certain way, or to be thought of a certain way, or to have a certain number of things, and all that kind of stuff, then, then maybe my, my awareness, my, my kind of understanding is I'm not recognised about it. I'm from that kingdom. I'm from a different kingdom because where I'm from affects my conduct and I found for myself and reflecting on this and this is what I mean this is not meant to make people go away thinking oh my goodness me I'm terrible but I found myself going actually yes there's a lot of points where my conduct is exactly the same as the person's next to me conduct and I might just put the word Christian on top of it but it doesn't actually mean it's Christian because I might my, my choices and my decisions are affected by my, the kingdom I recognise myself as being from. And if that is 
primarily a UK citizen, then I'm going to conduct myself in a way that enables me to be successful and enables me to be, have recognition, enables me to receive what I need to receive based on the, that UK kingdom. But if my citizenship is from a heavenly kingdom first, then my first choice is going to be based on what that kingdom recognises and, dare I say it, what that kingdom rewards. Because that's the other strange thing, isn't it? We recognise, if I do well in this, in, in this capitalist system, I'm going to be rewarded. And we think the rewards are there, therefore anti the kingdom of God. But you read Jesus constantly talks about reward, constantly talk, talks about opportunity for people if you do and live in a certain way now. He's not talking about a non-reward-based thing. He's talking about the fact, actually, what choices you're making? Are your choices based on this earthly kingdom? Are they set on earthly things? Or are they set on a heavenly citizenship, a heavenly kingdom? So, the, as I said, the point this morning is just, just to make us think. If you just go to Colossians 1, verse 9. says this, Paul talking, for this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him and being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthen with all might according to his glorious power, for all patience and longsuffering with joy. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us, has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed, them, conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. And it goes on, I'm not going to read everything to that, but it talk, talks about how Jesus is the preeminence. He is the Lord, he is the king, he is the one that it's all for, and therefore that idea of lordship again. But the key there that he has delivered us. We don't sit here today as uncertain where, where, where our citizenship is. Our citizenship is established as kingdom of God, as citizens of the kingdom of God, as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We might not be aware of that. We might not spend any time thinking about that. But that's where our citizenship is. He has transferred us. He has moved us from one to the next. And then Paul, pre that, is talking about the fact, if you listen to what he says, the prayer he prays, I pray that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord. What's another way of saying that? That you may walk worthy of the citizenship or, or the place you're from. That you're walking worthy. And what does that mean? Not, um, I'm not good enough, but I'm walking, re- representing where I'm from. That in my choices and in my conduct, I'm walking based on something that might look different in this realm. It might look odd in this space. I might make choices that look counter to what, what's going on here. But actually, I'm walking worthy of the law. What does that mean? I'm walking worthy of that citizenship, the place I'm from. And therefore, he's talking about that. I want there to be a knowledge and a wisdom and a spiritual understanding that reminds you that you're from there. So you can see where you're from. You can remember where you're from and therefore start to, to walk worthy of that. Fully, it says fully pleasing him and being fruitful in every good work. What good works? The good, good works that are the works given you or assigned you from that citizenship, from that kingdom. That, that, that kingdom commissions us to go and be ambassadors. You saying, I want you to be fruitful in that and being ambassadors into this system to bring that system to this system. 
that he, he, he's kind of wanting to be aware of it. So you start to do that. And he says that the increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all might, that you have the ability to do it, according to the, his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy, that he's saying, look, you, you're equipped to do this thing. I want you to see where you where you're from. I want you to see that you've been transferred. I want you to see that you've been made partakers. I want you to see that you have all this available, but just remember this is where you're from. You're from a different system, from a different kingdom, from a different... Your, your citizenship is in a different place. <coughs> and then we see it constantly. And I'm going to pick a couple here. Um, and I, there could be... There's hundreds, but I'll pick two. Uh, if you just go to Mark 10... Jesus talks about this all the time. Talks about the fact, in fact, I'm not sure he goes a single word without either saying it or implying it or showing it um, that he's from a different place, obviously. Because he embodies this thing. And he embodies the fact that he came to earth to reveal the Father. He came to earth to reveal a different system, a different kingdom. And therefore, everything he did revealed that thing. So we could pick up almost anything to kind of show how he kind of brought this, this change and this difference in. But I'll pick up a couple that I think are easier to grab hold of. Um, I might not have meant Mark 10. I can't remember writing. Bear me a second. Let me see if I did. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. Mark 10. Um, we'll start at verse 20. Again, I, I love this story, but it kind of picks up the back end of uh, the rich young ruler. And the rich young ruler has seen Jesus connect with young uh, with people in a, in a close way, and he wants that. So he comes to Jesus. Um, Jesus, he said, what have I got to do to inherit entire life? So what have I got to do to be in, in this kind of system, and in this kingdom that you're, these other people are in that you're in? And Jesus tells him lots of stuff, and he said, I've done all those things. And then Jesus says this in verse 20. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I've kept since my youth. Then Jesus said, looking at him, loved him, and said, One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, take up your cross, and follow me. But he was sad at this word, and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. What's Jesus really doing? He's not telling him he can't have money. He's not telling him he can't have possessions. He's not telling him that, that, that it's wrong to be rich. What he's telling him is that these things you have, these things, you want to connect and be a citizen of a different system. But this, for you, the money thing, is something that's going to keep you tied into this system. You're saying you want to have eternal life. You're saying you want to be part of what I'm doing. Therefore, that's fantastic. Follow me. Come and do that. That'd be brilliant. Come and represent that kingdom. But this money stuff for you, for this guy is the thing that got in his way. This money stuff for him is the thing that would have kept him tied to a different system. This is not Jesus rebuking people who have money or having wealth. This is Jesus challenging someone where the wealth has him. That the wealth has connected him to this system. And then he talks about it and he says in verse 23, Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it for those who have riches? And obviously that is money, but it doesn't have to just be money. Those who have riches who, or who or have an abundance of something, or, or have enough of something that keeps them safe and secure in this system. For those who have enough where they don't need a different system, where they just, they're just attached to this system. How hard is it for them to enter the kingdom of God? How hard is it for them to be involved and be citizens and be active members of this kingdom? How hard is it for them to do that? And, his, and, and the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered and again and said to them, Children, 
hard is it for those who trust in riches again he's clarifying it who trust in riches who trust in those things who rely on those things to enter the kingdom of god it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of god and they were greatly astonished saying among themselves who can then be saved but Jesus looked at them and said, With many it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. So the idea that he's challenged, look, it's, it's tough, but actually it's doable to be able to kind of say, I'm not going to trust in these things. I'm going to trust in him. I'm going to trust in things that bring me security on, from this system. When I'm going to go, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to follow you. And then he follows it up and says, Peter saying, as he always does. And then Peter began to say to him, See, you have left all and followed. Sorry, see, we have left all and followed you. We've given up our trust of things in this system, in this kingdom, in this citizenship. We've given up our trust in that. We've followed you. We don't always get it. We don't always understand it, but we've followed you. We've kind of gone, I'm going to want to be part of what you're part of. And we could use the word in the context say, we want to be part of your kingdom. We want to be citizens of what you're doing, Jesus. And we've done that. So Jesus answered and said to him, Surely I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels, who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and lands, um, with persecutions in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will last and the last will be first. Now again, Jesus is basically, he's not saying don't have a wife. He's not saying don't have a child. He's not saying don't have family. What he's doing is he's challenging people where, the, where there's a trust, where there's a, a reliance on those systems. Saying, look, that's not where your trust sits. How could Jesus, who, who talks so constantly about the bride of Christ, who talks so constantly about family, who talks so constantly about those things, how could he... Stand and go, actually, I want you to leave all that stuff. Yeah. I want you to leave your children. I want you to leave your wife. I want you to leave your, your family. I want you to leave all that kind of stuff. How could he say that with integrity when he's then saying, but I want to build a family. Yeah. <coughs> I want to be a groom to the bride of Christ. I, I want to do those things. It's obviously not what he's getting at. What he is getting at is saying that these things that you are putting your trust into, where that trust is misplaced, where that trust is like, I've got my family, I've got my job, I've got my house, I'm secure. Yeah. What he's saying is, I want you to leave that trust. I want you to leave that, that security, and I want you to become part of citizens of me, and be part with me and follow me. He's not saying, right, tomorrow I want you to leave your kids and your family and just go. Okay? That's not what he's communicating. He's communicating, I want you to leave the trust of those things. I want you to leave the reliance of those things. In the same way, he's not communicating, have no money. That's not what he's communicating. He's saying, look, when you trust those things, that gets you tied into this system. That gets you tied into this citizenship, this kingdom. I want you to come and be citizens of my kingdom, citizens of my kind of reign and rule, and I want you to bring, be ambassadors into this world, to bring a change to it. And you can't do that when you rely on this world itself. You've got to be separate from it. And he then, if you just go to Matthew 5, we're not going to call the Matthew 5, but just go to Matthew 5 as well. And Jesus talks about Matthew 5, he, he basically kind of goes, and in my mind he is just correcting and readdressing the, what we're just talking about now. He's talking about this is this system, even the religious aspects of this system, 
this is the way my kingdom works. This is the way that the kingdom of heaven works. This is the way that a citizen of my reign and rule, what they look like and how they behave and the kind of conduct and, and all those kind of things. And he goes through this again and again and he teaches them how to pray and he teaches them how to kind of go the extra mile to love their enemies to kind of all these kind of things that are just counter-cultural or subversive as size favorite word might be okay how all these things are there that bring a different citizenship and he's starting to talk about what it looks like and how people behave when they've got an awareness of where they're actually from where they're actually seated what they're actually part of and he keeps going and keeps going and keeps going he talks about laying up treasures in heaven and we're in, in chapter six now and we go to verse 24 of chapter 6 it says no one can serve two masters and that in itself is exactly the crux of what he's getting to yeah. no one can serve two masters you can't follow me and follow this system you can't be a citizen here as your primary and be a citizen here as your primary you can't do that you, you can't be one foot in this kingdom one foot in this kingdom and expect that you'll be fine in both he's not talking about being some kind of uh, dominating I will overthrow the government kind of things that that's not what he's talking about what he's talking about is that I want you you wholeheartedly 100% in my kingdom you can't serve two masters and he uses the example of he says riches which we always talk about as money but when riches doesn't have to just be money riches doesn't have to ju- ju- just be the amount of coins or notes I've got in my bank he's talking about where's my trust in what am I trusting because then he goes on in chapter, the chapter it's verse 25 he talks about not loving not worrying about your life so he's not just talking about riches he's talking about not worrying about anything in your life he's talking about I don't want you to be connected to this system by worrying about your money by worrying about about your kind of house or your job or all those kind of things I want you to be so caught up with my system and pursuing my kingdom which he then talks about in verse um, as we go forward in verse 32 he says so verse 31 Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. There's the resources part we talked about before. Your heavenly Father knows you've got need of all this stuff. There's enough of this stuff in my kingdom. There's enough of this stuff that you have access to in my welfare state, for want of a better expression, in my citizenship, in my kingdom. You've got all those things, but for you, I want your, you to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all those other things will be added to you that I'll take care of all that other stuff. I want your mind to be caught up with, I'm a citizen of that realm. I'm not going to work hard to accumulate stuff here as my security. I'm going to work hard to see that kingdom break into this kingdom. That kingdom change this reign and rule here. And I'm going to trust the fact that my father, where there's an abundance, then there is the best welfare system that's, that's in any existence that everybody's provided for. I'm going to trust that that takes care of me. And so Jesus is constantly talking about this shifting allegiance, this idea of actually where is your citizenship? Are you trusting these things? Are, are you focused on these things? And then we pick up, I'm going to use another one, pick up Paul. We just want to go to 2 Timothy. And that's my, my rhetorical question to you for you to think about is, is my conduct... Is your conduct reflective of a citizenship in heaven? Are my choices, are your choices reflective of the fact that I'm aware that's where my citizenship is? Or, for most of us, to some degree or another, am I still entangled with this system? 
and making sure I work hard to succeed here because I'm worried if I don't, I'm not sure what will happen. So it happened. Think about what Jesus just said in Matthew 6. Don't worry about your life. Yeah. Don't worry about that because I'm going to make sure that's taken care of. But do, do I, do I trust that? Do I trust that in the choices I make, no matter what the outcome of those choices, because I know that choice is a kingdom of heaven choice, that actually I trust it. Because I know my father's going to take care of me. It's okay. It talks about in 2 Timothy 2. Uh, we'll start in verse 1. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who may be able to teach them also. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one in da- engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. So we think where we went back to with John 18. Jesus talking about, look, if my kingdoms of this world, my servants would fight to get me free. He's not talking about going to war here in 2 Timothy. He's not talking about going and overthrowing the government or overthrowing the kind of dictator or anything like that in the way that we would sometimes think, Let, let's go to battle and take them down. He's talking about the fact that there is a fight. There is a fight, but that fight, as Ephesians talks about, it's not against flesh and blood. It's not against things we can see, but there is a fight. And if we, as soldiers, as those who are citizens of heaven, if we want to be engaged in that overthrowing of, of evil, as we've talked about this morning. We want to be engaged in that, that, that bringing down those, those who are being oppressed of the devil, want to spread good news, want to, want to bring change. We want to do those things. He's saying that you don't entangle yourself in the affairs of this life. What's he really saying? You don't entangle yourself in the affairs of this kingdom. You don't get yourself caught up in the needs of this kingdom. You instead, as we talked about in Matthew, you, you trust that your father will take care of those things. And then he uses another analogy. He talked about a soldier and he said that if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he runs or competes according to the rules. They said, again, look, in this race, in this thing you're doing as being citizen of heaven, you've got to do it based on that system, not on this one. So the rules he's talking about, doing the rules as, as the, 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 the kingdom of heaven, the citizenship of there. And so look, is your conduct, is the way you run, is the way that you, you complete, this, complete this race, is it in line with what a kingdom of heaven attitude and mindset and running style would be? Or is it actually you're running this race because I want to be the best, I want to get to the top, I want to be one of the one that succeeds in this system? Or are actually you running in a way that mirrors heaven? Or are you running in a way that mirrors earth? Yeah. And, he, and he's constantly challenging. And then he talks about in the next one, he says, the hardworking farmer must be the first to partake of the crops. And so he's talking about, again, that are we sowing in a way that, 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 that is kingdom-minded or are we sowing in a way that is earthly-minded? The what way are we behaving? How is my conduct? And, and my challenge to us all this morning, and my prayer for all of us this morning, is that are our choices, are the things we're making decisions on, are, are they reflective? Is my conduct reflective of a citizenship in heaven? Or is it reflective of citizenship on earth? The where does it sit? And that's not to go and be completely um, kind of self-obsessed and go, oh my goodness me, where is it? That, that's not what I mean. But it's to work with the Holy Spirit as he starts to prompt things and go, actually, the way you think there, that, that's got you entangled in this system. 
that you think now when you start to think about it and they I can't remember where it is, but talking about like working for, it talks about slaves and masters, but working for your boss as if you're working for Jesus. Now, what does that mean? That, that it means I give my best. doesn't mean that now because I'm a citizen of heaven, I don't care about my job. Yeah. That's not what he's talking about. He's saying that as in that job, in that place of work you're in, you're going to work in it as if your boss is, is your Lord, is your Jesus. That's how you work. That he's not talking about not being a good husband or good wife. Because he talks about the fact that, that we love our wives as, as Christ loved the church. What's that doing again? That's reflective of that system. The, the, sometimes when we talk about this idea of citizenship in heaven, it means that people just throw away every single thing that is needed. I don't need to be a good husband anymore because Jesus said, leave your wife. Don't need to be a good dad anymore because I leave your children. Don't need to be a good worker anymore because Jesus said you give it all up. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about how our attitude and our choices, do they reflect heaven or do they reflect earth? That in my job, when it comes to the point of honouring my citizenship in heaven versus honouring the immediate need and success of this realm, which one do I choose? Which one do I choose? When it comes between looking... um, good at work because I compromise on my heavenly citizenship or looking bad at work because I stick to that which one do I choose when it, when it comes to those things and it, when it comes to kind of how I, how I make my decisions and the things I put my money into and the things I put my time into is it reflective of a citizenship in heaven or a citizenship on the earth because our citizenship is in heaven and there's so many things to do with that, the resources, the, the available thing, but also the, the kind of, the, he, the, he talked about loving our enemies. The, that is my love for my enemies reflective of earth. Actually, I'm never, I'm never going to open myself up to you because you are my enemy. Or is it reflective on heaven? Because I'm going to love my enemy. That when Jesus hung on a cross, he loved those who put him on there. And therefore it tran- challenges and transforms what we do. And it's that idea of living before an audience of one, the idea that, that again, in spite of everything around us, that, 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 that we share good news. Because that's the kingdom. We share that good news. That we believe in the impossible happening because that's the kingdom. That we live like Jesus, that, 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 that we love unconditionally, that we live before an audience of one because that's the kingdom. And therefore it's a challenge for all of us. That is my attitude, is my choices, or my behaviours, my conduct, do they reflect someone that has, had a, has a citizenship in heaven or do they reflect someone that's actually just more caught up with the affairs of this life I'm going to unpack that over the next few weeks and unpack what it looks like to have to what, what, what this Lordship of Jesus looks like but it's a challenge and it's not meant to bring condemnation because that's also not a kingdom thing but it's just meant to challenge us and make us think and make us reflect on it and go actually wow because I, I, as we move into that what starts to happen is we start to therefore bring heaven to earth more because I'm more conscious of the fact that this is where my citizenship is and therefore bring that to this system so Father I just thank you thank you for where you've placed us thank you that you've transferred us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your son of your love and Holy Spirit I just ask that you would as Paul prayed that you would fill us with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding that, that, that you would you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened that we would see who we are whose we are and we see where we're part of. That we see that we're citizens of heaven. That we're, that, that we're citizens of your kingdom. And that you'd help us adjust and make choices in line with that. More and more. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Awesome.